0: Today's issues continues on AFR with your host Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association
1: so candy uh, can you get coronavirus from food Walker. <laughs> Dr. Walker, popcorn. everybody knows it's
2: all over popcorn. Ray.
1: You got me, man. You got what about me. It, Ray can you get it from popcorn.
2: Yeah. Popcorn. I mean, I, yeah. Popcorn's yeah. a carrier. I'm, I, I'm saying who knows, right? I mean, right. I don't know. Steve I mean, if somebody
3: me. comes by a minute before you and they've got the virus and they sneeze all in it and then you get <laughs> it and eat it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're probably going to get the virus.
0: I was going to warn people Walker. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, it's, I, I, I'm sorry. Don't sneeze on your popcorn <laughs> people.
2: That's really bad. <laughs> Just generally, forget the virus. It's just really bad. That would be. I didn't think
1: anybody saw me. Well, (laughs) Steve Drodal here. (laughs) Hello. No, Steve Drodal's there. Yes. We got Steve social distanced about 30 yards away from us here.
0: You know, if this continues on like the coronavirus pandemic is is over and a year from now I'm still in the studio, I'm going to start taking it personally. (laughs) That's right. There's a message here. (laughs) Right?
1: Uh, Don't be sneezing on a popcorn. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just, <laughs> you, you know, when all this started, nobody knew much about it. And we were all right. Nobody kind of wanted to admit that they were thinking what everybody else was thinking. That is does this, this coronavirus jump off on, <laughs> does it jump off of things onto you? Does it see you coming and huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's the hidden enemy. My mom the other day said, "I heard it gets on the bottom of your shoes. How? What are we supposed to do about that?" <laughs> Depends on where your shoes have been. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. what are we supposed to? Do? She said, "What?" My mom said, "What are you supposed to do about that?" So <laughs> I didn't I have an don't, answer. I just said, "I don't think it. If it gets on the bottom of your shoes, unless you somehow, don't, lick the, bo- don't not, lick the bottom of your shoes." Yeah, it's yeah. not going to. It's not going to jump up on your. In, but I said before the break, by the morning, good morning, Steve.
0: Good morning. Didn't Jesus address that when he said, uh, shake off your sandals and go <laughs> that's on your way? A, that's, a, that's in the Bible, people. Yeah, We're not making this up.
1: It's biblical. Okay.
2: Shake the uh, virus off the bottom of
1: your but, feet. But, you know, we had that doctor, had the clip from the doctor at the ER in uh, the coronavirus yeah. unit a, a few weeks ago in New York City. And he said, you know what we've learned here? He said, uh, he said I was scared at first. His was a doctor. Uh, working in the yard, he's uh, scared about getting to myself. He said, But what I've learned, what we've learned is, if, uh, he said, Do not touch your face. He said, I don't touch. Wash your hands and don't touch your face hmm. by facing mouth, ears, and eyes. I was touching my face when you just said that. No, not ears. I don't know about ears. Oh, yeah. Were you in? Yeah, I know. Yeah, A lot exactly of people can't help it. it. But I mean, I, they, they, I say can't help it, but people are unconscious about touching their face. We all are yeah. until this happened. Now you. People, I'm seeing people act like you know bewitched out there, you know at Lowe's. I wait until
3: people. I get home and have washed my hands or haven't had a shower before I and touch And then my you face. just
1: scratch like there's no tomorrow.
3: Yeah, I play catch up. Yeah, on <laughs> touching my face.
1: Okay. Anyway, you, what I'm saying is, what I said before, and I'm no doctor, so take this for what it's worth. But you can't. It's I. I've almost. It's almost impossible to get a virus. Unless it may be impossible to get a virus, unless you're around somebody who has it and they sneeze or cough, right? And you inhale it. True. Or you have the virus on your hands and you put your hands to your mouth, your nose, or your eyes. Have I got? That's it? what I've heard. also. ninety-nine percent can be avoided if you avoid those things. True. Yeah. yeah.
3: Sorry. Yeah, the er, in the early days of this, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams said, "You know, uh, our our the world has eradicated so much illness just by simple hygiene, by washing of hands." Yeah. So, yeah, that goes goes a long ways.
0: Go ahead, Steve. I wanted to, to kind of point out that uh, it doesn't matter the crisis, and I know you guys said a little bit said a little bit about Democrats putting their agenda into all this stuff. They can also um, have attribute everything that happens to race they're they're experts experts at this that no matter what it is it's racism Uh and uh, I wanted to play this is a this is Ohio Democrat representative Congresswoman Marsha Fudge and she was talking and talking about opening up the country and she's not really comfortable opening up the country like it's been described and I'd like to have you hear what her reason is cut seven you know, they open the beauty salons
1: and the barbershops and the bowling alleys and the movie theaters. They just opened up things that black
4: people go to because they know we've got these checks and they want us to spend them. They don't care about our safety. That's why when they start to open up things they go to, then I'll understand it's time for them to start to open up some things
1: for
0: us. There you go. Well, who is she? Mar- Congresswoman Marsha Fudge of Ohio. A U.S. Congresswoman? U.S. Congresswoman. <laughs> well, that's
3: She co- mentioned theaters
0: that's- and restaurants, right? Well, things that a lot of people go to, but she right. happens to what, think. That's to what him. I'm saying. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. When I think of a theater, or restaurant, I don't think of a different skin color, because um, mm. I like those things too. I
1: think she needs to pick another uh, topic. Well, she, she needs to pick wow. another topic. Yeah. Wow. Really? That's 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 really that's that's reaching so far. Mm. There's mm-hmm. nothing there. Yes. Huh? Yes. That's uh, she's a U.S. Congressperson. Yes, sir. Congresswoman. And and she's saying that
0: she's saying that uh, movie theaters. What else did she say? Bowling alleys, movie theaters, uh, nail salons. Where black folks go. Where black folks go. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. And,
1: and because of that, somebody's planning wants to get rid of black folks, so they're. Until white folks start going back to those places, oh, she no- she knows what's going on.
0: I think Jim Acosta was in the white in the Oval Office for a, a presidential conference there, and he took a picture of a, a document on Trump's desk saying, places black people go that we want to open up so we can get their money. Yeah. Uh, but, that might have been oh, the, the if I were her Tongue uh, if in cheek there, yes,
1: totally. If I were her staff, I would say that she was – taking some strong cough medicine right there. You know what I'm saying? On or that pre- she was being sarcastic. Yes, go with sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, Good. You know, nice like law President law Trump, law. Trump was nice, last week. Because nice, right. nice. <laughs> that is, what she said is nuts. But anyway.
0: All right, go ahead, Steve. Um, General William Barr, Attorney General William Barr, has put out a memo, and he said that the Department of Justice is going to start taking action against states and localities that are violating American civil liberties during this whole pandemic time. He says that, uh, our, yes, there's some things that we can restrict, but you can't go too far, and he's hearing some, some uh, examples of too far. So he is going to back those that want a more free society. I think it's a diff- way different Justice Department now than it was under President Obama.
1: Mm-hmm. Really, Captain Obvious? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for breaking that story to us. I uh, know
0: the intrepid reporter. Hey, Steve, I hope he follows on up a limb. on that.
1: What's that? I hope he follows
2: up on that. Yeah, that yeah. that he said it. There have been some egregious violations of of the First Amendment, especially on the religious side. We we saw, you know, we saw an example there in the state of Mississippi, but we've seen them seen them here in the state of Kansas as well, uh, and you know going to the parks and, get, and chasing the kids out of the parks and stuff like this. I hope he follows up.
0: hope he takes His action. exact wording is he's going to be on the lookout for state and local directives that could be violating the constitutional rights and civil liberties of individual citizens in times of emergency when reasonable and temporary restrictions are placed on rights the First Amendment and federal statutory law prohibit discrimination against religious institutions and religious believers. So he singled out the church.
1: Yeah. You know, you are right, Steve. Uh, if, if Eric Holder were in charge, it'd be reversed. <laughs> They'd be coming after the churches.
0: That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. One more story, and then uh, we have a guest.
0: All right. Hey, uh, this is uh, uh, maybe an unintended consequence of the coronavirus, but medical screening for some very dangerous diseases like cancers and and heart disease are way down since this has started. Uh, people are not going and either they're not scheduling these tests or they think that the tests are not necessary and they're not going to be given. But just as an example, cancer screen, cervical cancer screenings fell by 68%, cholesterol screenings down 67%. Blood sugar test to de- to die- uh, detect diabetes down by sixty five percent. People are not getting checked out with their doctor for these things, and we're going to pay a price down the road. I think uh, f- when th- these diseases that could have been caught during this time go undetected. Walker. Yeah,
1: the
3: um, um, I lost my train of thought.
1: <clears throat> well, you get it. you get that for me. <laughs> You get that naturally,
3: so I'm not. I'm not even going to try to make up something. I'm just yeah. going to admit I lost. my you want to, to make up?
1: Ray, you want to make up something?
2: <laughs> it, it, it does. Uh, I think it's happening all across the country, Steve. That we're, you know, elective medical procedures and surgeries. In some cases, what we're calling elective is actually things that very much need to happen for, for people's right. health. But that's right. been all put to the side now, and the testing is down. Again, this just goes to the bigger point. We've got to get. The country open back up. We got to get, you got to get it. So if you're sick or you need help, and it's not coronavirus related, you can still get the medical help you need. See those yeah.
0: deaths uh, that recur for occur from that need to be brought into the calculus of when to open up and when to like right. make things available. But, you're,
1: uh, but Steve, what's happening across the country? You have, uh, uh, hospital staffs, doctors and nurses included, being furloughed, right?
0: in in many cases the sure. uh the hospitals that are not catering well in fact in many places the hospitals are even catering to covid patients places like new york city where there's covid a lot of and and other places where the hotspots are the hospitals are fairly busy with covid patients but around the country those people that uh, that would normally go in for uh a, a minor procedure yeah. or Something like that. It's not life-threatening. Uh, they're not going, and yeah, uh, medical personnel are being uh, furloughed.
3: Yeah, elective procedures, though, are it's like Ray said. It's kind of uh, the, the the term elective is not really. It's kind of tricky because you're talking about
1: non-immediate. Uh, what they need to change it to is non-immediate life-threatening surgeries.
3: Yeah, I mean, but but right. you have uh, you know people getting heart stents put in. Right. Um, but if your
1: knee's blown out, I know and you need surgery, and you're waiting. Right. You need you need you need something done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You so you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and yeah, and that, wha- that's not necessarily immediately life threatening.
3: Yeah, but what what often happens is those not immediately life threatening issues end up turning into larger true. issues that's if not true. treated. So that's true. Yeah, got to get those elective procedures. If you open. don't get
1: the preventative test that keeps you from getting cancer, for example, or giving you warning that you have early stages of it, yes. and it goes six months and it progresses and then you. Are in a dire straits, mm-hmm. you're in dire straits uh, when you didn't have to be is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, we want to welcome to our program Dr. David Reagan. Uh, David is the founder of Lion and Lamb Ministries, they're out of McKin- McKinney, uh, Texas. Uh, they, they have followers all over the country. Uh, and and uh, David uh, stu- has been studying the Bible and, in particular, Bible prophecy for a long, long time. David, good morning to you.
4: Well, good morning to you. It's good to be on your program again.
1: How long you? When did you start Lion and Lamb? What was that? When did you start Lion and Lamb Ministries?
4: Uh, it's uh, the other way around, Lamb and Lion, and uh, yeah, po- it started in. Uh, I started in nineteen eighty, so we're celebrating our fortieth year.
1: My apologies, Lamb and Lion. <laughs> uh, me, my apologies. Uh, well, David, you've written a column. uh It's a lengthy article. It's very, very interesting. I want you to tell folks where they can read it. But it's the title of it is "Does God Still Speak Through Signs of Nature?"
4: That's right. Uh, that um, it came out just uh, recently, and um, in fact, we're getting ready to send that particular issue of our magazine out right now.
1: All right, talk about that topic if you would.
4: Well. Uh, There are many different signs that the Lord tells us to look for in the end times, and I've always put them into categories like uh, signs of society, signs of nature, spiritual signs, signs of technology, uh, uh, signs of um, Israel, and so forth. And I've always pointed out that the signs of nature are probably the ones that are least respected. Uh, When I start talking about signs of nature, for example, it's not at all unusual for Christians to respond by saying, come on, what else is new? There's always been earthquakes, there's always been... Pestilence has always been these problems. Uh, How can you say that's a sign of Jesus returning? And uh, my point that I make and respond to that is that, yes, there have always been those sort of things happening, but the Bible says that in the end times, uh, they're going to uh, be particularly significant that they will increase in frequency and intensity. In other words, there'll be more earthquakes and more intense and more tsunamis and more intense. And that's exactly what we're seeing all around the world in the last uh, few years. And uh, the other reason that people don't take the science of nature seriously is because we have been brainwashed by uh, modern science into believing that uh, if you can't see it, if you can't touch it, if you can't uh, weigh it, if you can't dissect it, it doesn't exist. And we know from God's Word that there's a whole realm of reality that we do not normally perceive with our senses, and that's the reality of the supernatural, of demons and uh, uh, angels, uh, the miracles of God that He continues to work in the world today. And uh, we have just simply gotten to the point where uh, we simply, uh, most Christians don't believe in that sort of thing. In fact, I grew up in a, a millennial church. I went to church every Sunday, and, and the church taught me that everything ended in the first century and that the Holy Spirit went into retirement, and God does not intervene in history anymore, doesn't perform miracles, certainly doesn't uh, do anything by. Uh, intervening with the weather or or uh, signs of nature, that this is all nonsense. Well, my Bible also tells me both in the Old Testament and New Testament that God never changes, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, and that he does not change. And he's always worked through signs of nature. Sometimes he uses those signs to uh, emphasize uh, something very important, like the uh, the darkness and the earthquake that occurred on the day that Jesus was um, uh, crucified. Mm -hmm. But often he uses signs of nature uh, as judgments on uh, nations. In other words, when he's ready to pour out his wrath on a nation, God always warns, and he warns in two ways. First, he'll raise up prophetic voices to call the nation to repentance. And if the nation refuses, then he begins to send remedial judgments. And those judgments can take the form of... of, um, uh, losses in war, uh, economic problems, or they can take the uh, form of, of na- uh, signs of nature where there are unusual earthquakes or forest fires, uh, drought, that sort of thing. Uh, you may remember that when uh, the children of Israel came back to Israel after the Babylonian captivity, they laid the foundation of the temple and then just walked off and forgot about it and began building their own houses until finally uh, God raised up a prophet by the name of Malachi who came and read him the riot act and said, have you noticed that every time you plant your crops that uh, the root rot gets them, and then when you plant them again, a flood comes and takes care of them, and when you plant them again, a hailstorm comes? Have you noticed that? Yeah, well, God is trying to get your attention. You need to pay attention to rebuilding that temple. And for once in history, people paid attention, and they rebuilt the temple, and all the signs of nature stopped. But God often uses them to get our attention. For example, in the book of Joel, he speaks about a terrible locust invasion. That was the worst thing that could happen to an agricultural society. And people were wringing their hands and were saying, oh, man, what bad luck we've got. And Joel comes along and says, let me tell you something. This has nothing to do with luck. It has to do with the fact that you are in rebellion against God, and God is calling you to repentance. And if you don't repent, God's going to send something worse than the locust. He's going to send an army that's going to conquer you and take you into captivity. And I think that's what we're facing in the world today. I think uh, the Lord has allowed this pandemic to sweep the entire world as a call to repentance. Uh, It says in the Bible that in the end times, society is going to become as evil as it was in the days of Noah. And if you look at Genesis 6, it says that the days of Noah were characterized by two things, violence and immorality. And that's what we see all across our land and all around the world today, increasing violence and immorality. And I think God is calling the world to repentance, that this is a remedial judgment. He's calling us to repentance, calling us to get our minds on him and off all the things that divert us so much, Uh, make make us stay at home for a while and think about eternity, and uh, call this nation to repentance and the world to repentance before he begins to launch his uh, uh, his wrath during the Great Tribulation.
1: We're talking to Dr. David Reagan. <clears throat> David, uh, uh, tell, uh, I know Ray has a question for you now, but tell folks uh, uh, where they can read this uh, yeah. article that we're talking about.
4: Yes, uh, this was a special issue. Uh, well, this one is not. This was in our May-June uh, issue of our magazine called The Lamplighter, and they can go to our website at lamblion.com. That's L-A-N-B l i o n no land in the middle just lamblion.com and uh, click on magazine there and they can uh, download this as a PDF file or they can read it right on their on their screen uh, there's no charge for it and so that's the way to do it
2: Ray right, go ahead David is this coronavirus pandemic that i mean has gotten the whole world in its grip how does it is it a sign of the end times? How does it fit into what you were talking about—the the, the birth pangs or the birth pangs of the uh, of the coming of the the, the last days and the kingdom of God? Yes, is I, there I prophetic think, significance uh, I think here? It
4: definitely uh, fits into the end times in that regard. You know, uh, one of the things that's very interesting about the age in which we're living is that um, we have something happening before our very eyes today that has never happened before, and that is not just one or two or three or four signs that we're told to look for. What we're seeing, uh, you ask most people who know something about Bible prophecy, what is the number one sign that Jesus is returning? They'll say the reestablishment of Israel in 1948, and that is very important. But there's a sign more important, and that sign is called convergence. For the first time ever, we are the only generation so far, where all of the signs have converged, all of them, there's not a single one that has isn't on the scene today. They have converged, and it's like God is shouting from the heavens that Jesus is coming soon. And, of course, Jesus is not going to return to this earth until uh, this tribulation ends and God pours out his wrath on the Gentile nations and brings the Jewish people to repentance, and God never pours out his wrath without warning. Uh, so he is warning. He is warning us, and I think the pandemic is one of those warnings. It says in, in, that one of the signs of the end times will be pestilence, and um, so this pandemic, I believe, is a warning sign from God, warning us that Jesus is coming soon, calling the world to repentance, and telling people, get serious about your relationship with the Lord. Walker?
3: D- yeah, Dr. Reagan, one quick question. Uh, when, when uh, Obviously, God has a different uh, God is timeless. God is not in within human time frame. Um, so, talk a little bit about when we say that this is this could be the, the the end times or the beginning of the end times, or maybe we're a little ways into it. Um, that get that some believers might get the, the the sense that okay, so like we're ten years out from 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 the tribulation or the return of Christ. But talk a little bit about how you know th- just because we're in the end times doesn't mean that it's imminent from a human perspective.
1: We got we got two minutes. Okay. <laughs>
4: And your question is about imminence.
3: Yeah, about how how God's, God's time frame in eternity is different than ours.
4: Well, yes. I mean, he can see the beginning, he can see the present, he can see the future, uh, which we can't. But he has given us signs to look for, and those signs are there for a reason. Uh, you know, I had a fellow recently tell me, we were talking about the, uh, Jesus and his ministry, and he said, David, wouldn't it have been wonderful to live in Bible times? And I said, brother, let me tell you something. We are living in Bible times right now. We are living in a time when we can see the fulfillment of prophecies that were made 2,500 years ago about the reestablishment of Israel, uh, about the world becoming increasingly evil like it was in the days of Noah, uh, understanding prophecies we never understood before because of modern technology. All of this is coming together, and it's coming together because of the fact that we are right on the threshold of the tribulation. And that's the reason I think that God has uh, allowed this pandemic to occur all over the world is, again, to call us to repentance and to get serious about our relationship Mm -hmm. with him.
1: Dr. David Reagan has been our guest uh, in Lamb and Lion Ministries, despite what I said earlier. I don't know why. I had three cups (laughs) of coffee.
4: Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I had three cups
1: of coffee before I looked down. My apologies. I really appreciate
4: the great ministry you guys have got going and uh, keep speaking out.
1: Thank you, brother, and appreciate right. appreciate you. And if you want to read that article, it's a very interesting article that uh, David himself has written. It's called "Does God Still Speak Through Signs of Nature?" And did you put it on our Facebook? So go to you can go to today's issues Facebook, and we connect you there to David's ministry, right. or you can go straight to David's ministry. Thank left. you, fellas. All right, thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Steve. Likewise. I didn't abuse you too much, did I? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I called you Captain Obvious, but that's really...
0: Uh, It's a promotion. I was Lieutenant Obvious yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Touche. All right, folks. We hope you have a wonderful day. Keep listening to American Family Radio. And we shall see you back here in 23 hours. Take care.